<clears throat> There's ads. I haven't bought the um, ad-free one yet, so I gotta wait for like the okay. You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Welcome to the 115th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in Orlando, Florida. <laughs> this is Matt in Minneapolis, Minnesota. That's my sound nice, thanks. Uh, and um, sad to say, this is Spencer Howe in Boston, Massachusetts. Bomber. Yep. <laughs> and here we are for I. I know you guys want me to retire the soundboard, but... I don't know if I want you to. What gives you that impression? I mean... I don't know. So, there's so much going on in the world of cycling, obviously with the tour. And I I think... I think the first thing, little guy, before we get into your um, four-hour story about installing a derailleur cable on a Klein, we did a disservice last week. That's a good one. um, In that we didn't really give a shout-out to the greatest cyclist right now in the world and that's megan that's garnier true. an american yeah. who just slayed the giro de rosa basically the women's um version of the giro de italia it's the giro de international feminine and not only did megan garnier slay it her teammate evelyn stevens also an american going to rio got second mm-hmm. megan garnier also took the points jersey evelyn stevens getting second in that as well nice. and american mara abbott got Second overall in the um, the uh, climbing jersey, the mountains jersey. So also going to Rio. Also going to Rio. I mean, hmm. that's amazing. That's three top notch athletes that no one would argue should should be uh, excluded from the <laughs> the the Rio team. Uh-huh. But Megan Garnier deserves full credit. And Megan, congratulations! And yeah. we hope we we ex- almost to the point that we kind of expect a gold medal, and it is going to be well deserved for you. And hopefully, you can. Uh, cash in all of the extra money that comes with winning the uh the yeah. olympics megan uh, yeah with that Wheaties win box for sure she also climbed to the top of the uh of the world rankings for the uci women which is Very amazing nice. this would be the first uh, american ever at the top of that huh as far as i know yeah um now historically obviously cyclocross we know katie compton's been at the top um I'd be interested in learning more if there's a, you know, I'll listen to some of the women's cycling podcasts out there to see who else is among the, uh, the top Americans at that level. Um, I know Kristen Armstrong obviously has won a gold medal before, but I don't know if she was ever the top ranked woman cyclist in the world. I mean, think about that. That's above Marianne Voss caliber individuals. Marianne Voss, who many of us believe to be the greatest living cyclist. This is amazing. Congratulations, Megan Garnier. Jeff, do yeah. either of you, I know Little Guy doesn't, so I don't know why I'm asking, but do either of you follow on Instagram um, Pauline uh, Provo? PFP? Insta- PFP, yes. Yeah. Did you no. guys see how messed up she 
crashed on her face, like how yeah. messed up her face was. Like, woof. It almost I had like the Mike Tyson it, tattoo yeah. aspect, like it around the eye. Yeah. yeah, I gotta throw a shout out to her because she like is back riding and like is all, all smiles the whole time. Like, hey, whatever, shit happens, and it would, you know. There's a lot. I got a ton of respect for all the women racers out there, road, mountain, everything, and because they're they're bringing it, man. And sometimes we get a lot of uh, TJs on the men's side, and it, it's a little disappointing. You know, it is like weird that we spend a lot of time hey. talking about TJ Van Garter and a non. You guys, yeah, he's on my Velo Games team. Oh yeah, well we'll talk uh, about that. But give him a, give so him a break. Megan Garnier's <laughs> season, Spencer. You say top ranked. I mean, yeah, wins Philly. Yeah. The marquee event at Philly this year because it was a women's world tour. Yep. She wins a national championship, which yep. the only reason I was disappointed in is that I wanted to see a new jersey because it was the same jersey that she won the year before. Like, I wanted yeah. to see a new design. Yeah. Um, and then – broke, don't fix it. She dominated the Amgen Tour of California. Yeah. I mean, she's been on complete fire. And yeah. it's, it's amazing. Her and her whole, her whole team. Like, we've mentioned that before. Like, they are the – Mepe of old, you know. Uh, they're doing what Quick Step should have been doing all year, uh, which is pretty rad. So. Quick Step burn. Anyway. <laughs> so now that we've got that. Um, we've righted uh, that wrong, yeah. We've righted that wrong. You know, we've got to obviously talk more about, you know, in the long run, the like what's going on in the women's scene. So maybe one of these times we'll get a, uh, you know, professional women cycler. cycler. Or a uh, manager of a team to come on and really show us uh, kind of the ropes on this. Uh, quickly, you know, more and more teams, I think, are starting to realize the uh, press value that you can get out of it. Yeah. There's a lot of, um, overall, things seem to be getting better for the women's um, side of things as far as uh, um, money, I would hope. Because the coverage yeah. is getting amazing. I mean, when they're putting these races on TV, they're getting some amazing uh, coverage overall. So, anyway, so the next one is the La Corsa the, at the Tour de France on the last day. One only hopes that that eventually does become a uh, like at least a week-long event because then you could have a sweet uh, July for women's racing with mm-hmm. the women's uh, Giro and then also the women's Tour de France. Eventually, you would hope a, three, a three-week Tour de France for women would be fantastic as well. Or a two-week um, so, tour for men. <laughs> well, which will never so happen. Say, says but, the guys who are always trying to get two-week grand tours. They want, now, oh, Richie you, Port would be real happy about a two-week Oh, tour. yeah, no, that's true. Richie, Richie Port's probably, he's probably behind that. He's probably, oh. like, funding the campaigns <laughs> to shorten the Volta. Yeah. There's only uh, few, there's only, like, six more uh, events left on this uh, Women's World Tour calendar, so Megan Garnier does have a chance to win the... Um, this year's version of it so congratulations to her shout out to all the american cyclists of course this then steamrolls into um carmen small losing her uh um arbitration arbitration we talked about briefly last week um with uh uh, kristen armstrong taking the final spot for the um time trial so gentlemen i alluded to it earlier little guy for our non-racing fans out there, the small subset of supporters in the Wide Angle Podium Network that don't <laughs> care about the Tour de France, before we get to that, they do care about Kleins. And we yeah, are the official Klein like podcast. Perfect. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I'd like to say that this part of the podcast is called the Klein Corner. Little Guy's Klein Corner? Is this a new segment? I like it. Yeah, this is Tim, a new do segment. You, do you have any, like, intro music or something for that, maybe? Like, well, well do, let do, me, uh, I, I gotta watch the ad again, and then I'll, I'll find something. <laughs> okay, so do, we'll, we'll, we'll... Klein Corner. We'll ease into that. Um, um, <laughs> uh, 
I hey, okay, I, I think this could work. Oh, you got something? Okay. I think this could work. Right. Get it. Does not compute. Oh. 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 I, I think it's that... down. Did you pay? Yeah. No, it said does a... not compute when I said Klein. They didn't know what it was. Um, oh, okay. So like you, that's when you walk into a bike shop and you say, I want to buy a cool mountain bike, like a Klein, and, they, and the, the current bike shop employee goes, I don't, I don't know. No, they say... That's terrible. I don't even know what that was. Yeah, yeah. that was supposed to say you are an idiot. Um, really? So, yeah, that, that was would... the happiest, most cheerful uh, way to do that. You know, I got to start you. listening to these a little bit more. But little guy, <laughs> you had a Klein, right? I have a Klein. I, the, the beautiful thing about Klein's is they have internal cable routing. Hmm. The terrible thing about Klein's is they have internal cable routing. Some of that good 90s internal cable routing. Are you looking for like a, like, like you're telling me to come up with a sound? No, um, I just had to replace my front derailleur cable, and it took forever. It took so well, see, long. Have you guys ever tried the vacuum trick? On a cable? The what? Yeah, through an internal trick. routed cable. I saw this trick online where someone was like, um, you, f- you, you start putting in a thread on one end, and you put your vacuum on the other side, and then you turn the vacuum on, and it should suck the thread through. Uh-huh. And then you tie the thread to the cable... And you uh-huh. can pull the cable through, right? Uh-huh. But neither of my vacuums seem to be up to the task of pulling <laughs> the smallest thread I could, like the lightest thread I could find um, through. So eventually I just got it with some wire and some stuff. So I don't know how it actually worked. It I just have magically happened. So happens. many questions about this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, ask. Okay, so there's a few problems. One, who has thread around their house these days? Uh, I thought every probably most people. Piece of clothing and things were disposable. <laughs> Even if they're disposable, I mean, you could just—that's the—you could dispose of a shirt. You could just rip a shirt apart uh-huh. real quick, right? Get like some thread. maybe say you got like some uh, Pactimo bibs around. I guarantee <laughs> you, there's a thread hanging off those things. About a month. That's long enough that spans your down tube and is ready to do ready for this task. You okay. Know? So all right. So. Boom, that's all. And then the other thing, I mean, aside from your vacuum issues, which sound like, uh, you know. I don't know what you can do. I think i got to change the bag or change the filters. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a solvable problem. The other thing is um, front derailleur cable. I'm confused about what you mean because I thought you said you were working on a mountain bike. That's true. Uh, People don't have front derailleurs anymore on mountain bikes, which I don't understand. I've never – it's not a big deal. Like, why not have a front derailleur? I don't get it. Do you have, do you have three chain rings? No, I only have, I have two. Okay. Oh, that's a good. I got, I got two by. Did you ever own a bike that had three chain rings, little guy? Yeah, I did. I had a recent memory. Yeah, this one had three. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Obviously. I mean, because I had a road bike that had three. The the Rosa. Yeah. No, you you had a road bike that had three. That's why Spencer's only had. Probably I only had one on his, like, you had your single speed. So yeah. of your, um, so how about a Klein trivia question for you, little guy? Ooh. Okay, So Klein me. is named after the founder. Yep, um, Gary. I was just about to ask if you knew where, uh, what, what his first name was. Of course I know his first name. Okay, well, <laughs> where was he a, where did he go to college? When MIT. He, when he, oh, MIT. MIT, and right there. Okay. You know it. Now now for the final, where was the company headquartered? Where were the bikes manufactured through 2002 before moved before to the Trek, Trek headquarters? I want to say Seattle. It's somewhere like 
Bellingham or something? It's, it's somewhere Ch- up there? Chehalis, Washington. Oh, um, okay. You know, so, what is that, like a suburb of Seattle? Uh, it's it's around there. I mean, it's in okay. the state of Washington. <laughs> so <laughs> That's pretty close, yeah. So, yeah. okay. That's pretty be. good. What was the longest continued manufactured bike under the Klein badge? So, meaning Ooh. the bike that... Ooh was produced for 18 of the 24 years Klein bikes existed. It's probably the Quantum or something. Can I can I get in on this one? The Sure, go sure Spencer. I think it's the Pulse. The Pulse? No. Well, the Pulse the was Pulse. only around for 5 years. Damn. The Quantum was around. The Quantum came out in 1986. Let me try took a 2-year gap and then went 1 2 3 4 5. Let me try 10, again. 16. So the Quantum was around for 16. There's I'm go one with attitude. The attitude was around longer. Yeah. That was the longest one. All now, right. to most people's um, disappointment, is that the mantra was actually only around for six years of the beam bike fad. So I think yeah. I think the mantra is probably what the Klein is most known for visually. Like no. most people have seen the Klein like mantra, but the You're attitude crazy. is the bike of. Uh, yeah. no. that's the what yours is, is, right, Logan? No, I have a pulse. I wish I had an attitude. Come on. <laughs> so, have you guys started? I, if have I had you guys created an alert on um, eBay rascal. for clients? The rascal. No, was a I good mean one. they're all over the place. I don't. I don't need another one right now. I mean, there's some pretty good names here. You've got the Top Gun. You've got the Rascal that Spencer is mm-hmm. mentioning in the background. You have yep. the um, the Panache. The Panache was only out for two years. Mm. I always was that a mountain bike or a road bike? Tim doesn't mm, know. Wikipedia know. doesn't tell him that. All right. Yeah, they don't tell There's him that. There's Pinnacle. Which one do you want, Spencer? Oh, Pinnacle. I think it was the Rascal. Um, maybe. I'm pretty sure it was the Rascal. Whatever it was, it was hot pink. And it was a mountain mm. bike. And it came with um, rear-facing dropouts, kind of like track dropouts. But they were yep. super short. Uh, yep. And I wanted awesome. to I wanted to make a single speed out of it. Um, that was oh, my yeah. goal for a long time. And it, I never realized that goal. So I might. You might have actually just inspired me because I hadn't thought about this for probably ten years. But you know, this this no, could be quite the. Uh, um, you know how Jay Leno's got his uh, his car collection, like the Jay Leno's garage. Yeah. Little guy, this could be your um, your unicorn in trying to get a every single model of a Klein ever produced. But like, like, like not, I don't know like, if I love him that much. No, I don't, I don't think you need total, like you don't need eighteen attitudes, but you do need like. One the advantage every. you need the um, the agile well the agile which is one of the first ones you know mm-hmm. the fervor Those the karma sweet. I mean That's the fair. navigator anyways yeah we could save the rest of this for the next week's episode of the Klein Corner on Klein Corner yeah I mean we have a lot of, a lot well, of we'll have a real theme song by then and everything so mm-hmm. so guys I think it's time to talk about the biggest race. and that is today's stage seven of the seventy third annual Tour de Poland. Yep. Where Alex Dowsett crushed the time trial over teammate from Movistar, Jonathan Castroviejo, um, but 22 seconds. So uh, great job to Alex Dowsett. Doesn't put anything into Tim Wellens taking the, uh, still having the lead in whatever their color nice. leader's jersey is. So there is your uh, Tour it's de brown. Poland uh, you know, update. Dowsett <laughs> is a big, big fan of the pod. You know that, right, Tim? Oh, yeah, yeah I, I know. We met him at the World Championships. Yeah, he uh, he wouldn't shut up about it. It was it was almost embarrassing. <laughs> you guys ever watched any of Poland? I bet it's actually 
You know, I, I tried race. to watch stage six and I couldn't find it anywhere. Do you guys know what happened? Yeah, because it Is got that the canceled because <laughs> of like the horrible weather. <laughs> I don't know if you saw any of the tweets of photos and stuff that teams were putting out, but that looked unbelievable. It looked terrible. And they the fact that they even rode some of that stage. Oh, my God. Well, I... I guess I, I have to admit I'm a little disappointed that Little Guy is not like a connoisseur of the Tour of Poland because it has all of those weird Eastern European teams that Little Guy would be totally all about. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, that is not true. only do you have Gazprom Rust Velo, that's big league. You have Verva Active Jet Pro Cycling Team. That sounds like a good team. I bet you has some amazing kits. And then of course you have Triple C Sprandy Poliswa. But I, I mean this Poliswa. <laughs> This, I mean, this Verva team, little guy, that red kit, I mean, that's that's just screaming for your support. I'm surprised that you're not uh, not all about this. I mean, I must admit, a little disappointed. I'll, I'll uh, look into it. I can't be everywhere at once, you know. <laughs> that yeah. is true, but... I'm only, uh, I'm only one cycling fan. So, other news, uh, obviously, Tour de France is going on. And, gentlemen, probably the biggest news is the... The increase of vigilante justice out on the side of the road of people running alongside the racers. It's true. We tweeted a we retweeted another photo of a of a nice looks like a nice French gentleman wearing a AG2R uh, jersey, just reaching out and grabbing the the wrist gently of a guy running alongside and and pulling yeah. him out of the way. It was a, an amazing. Him into the bushes. Yeah, yeah. It was just a, it's like no, you're not, and then yeah. just kind of pulled him away. It was great. And- it was the only guy on that mountain running at the time. Like, he, and he was running for the longest time, and yeah. he was super. No, yeah, I was watching it. I was like, "What is this guy doing?" Like, I thought, like, I had been, like, up to that point thinking, "Wow, everybody's really being cool today. Like, everybody's taking a chill pill at the tour. That's awesome." And then this one jerk off starts running, just not for fifty feet, but like for two minutes, and. I was really happy that somebody just grabbed his arm mid-stride and yanked him off. It was great. Was now, uh, today's stage was pretty awesome. It was the Peter Sagan Norwegian sandwich on the podium with Sagan taking a bike throw victory over Alexander Kristoff and then Sundra host Enger of I Am Cycling trying to take a victory for the Swiss-based team in Switzerland. But the big news, of course, Fabian Cancellara. Finishing in his hometown in his last Tour de France. Spartacus with a sixth-place finish. Um, so close. Just so off close. the American podium. Just yeah. off the American podium, which was taken... Um, well, actually, John Degenkolb uh, is an important story here. He got fourth overall, and of course, uh, you know, w- we do love that. Um, That's nice. In uh, sixth place, or sorry, fifth place on the American podium. Um, very big uh, deal for everybody. And of course, we're talking about... Bling Matthews getting the uh, podium. Um, Isn't that supposed to be the cash register? Did oh, yeah. Just yeah, yeah. Sorry, 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 sorry. Oh, All right, I'm Bling not going to edit this either. Just there again, so Matthews. everyone knows what I have to put up with every week. All right, so Chris, um, Chris Froome solidified his lead overall in that time trial. So we're, he's got a minute and 47 seconds over Bauke Malima. So guys, is is this done? Is it is the tour over? Can we go back to um, just battling no for second and third? It's just getting started. I mean, you think so? I think I think Bucky's got a good attack in him. I think we do this at the end of the second week every tour, right? You're, you're like, it's over, it's done, write it off. 
It's sealed up. It's done. And then there's so many fireworks in the third week. So many attacks and everything. And it's everything goes completely crazy. And it all shakes out exactly how it is right now. So I think it might be <laughs> safe to say, yeah, I think he's got this one wrapped up. Do you think it's well, more of the... Um... Uh, okay, sorry, little guy. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I mean, do you guys think Quintana's got it? Like he's got an attack in him? Because so far we haven't seen anything. I'm starting to think. I don't want to hurt Tim's feelings. <laughs> it's a, No, you can. You get, I mean, everyone knows I'm a Movistar fan. But the... Well, do you see the Velo News article where they're like, Valverde looks really good. Yeah. What's Movistar maybe needs to oh, rethink I, this plan a little I, bit. I only read the headline, bef- and that's all I needed because I completely agree with that article. Yeah, because you're like, yeah, I've seen him yeah. attack. And, For the and, last and he... three years, they needed to support Valverde instead of Quintana because so, well, he's I just disagree not with that. quite there. I, but here's, I guess here's some of the – I disagree with the Valverde over Nairo year, like two years ago. There's obviously mm-hmm. something going on, but the – the difference to me, my educated expert opinion, is that, and I may have picked this up reading many articles and lots of Twitter, is that the Movistar team doesn't seem as um, dedicated to Nairo in the way that yeah. Team Sky is just destroying everybody with Hanau, Garant, Tom, Garant Thomas, oh, Nieve. They don't have the and same Paul. firepower. Yeah. But, Come on. But it's... It's to the point that there's no one even up there with Movistar besides Valverde and Quintana. Like they, yeah, you know, and it's maybe they but put too many. But nobody has but teammates like, other maybe than they, Froome. Maybe they put too many know? eggs in the Giro basket with Amador. Yeah. You know, like Amador would be up there. Yeah, you He'd know, be, he would and, be a much better helper right now. It's true. But in Nairo's comments well, the other day, he's like, you know, you just can't attack with a team that strong, and it's it's a reverse reverse reversion back to what. Team Postal did for all those years, and yeah. I think we almost got a little uh, um, lucky in that we saw Tour de France's that were competitive, but if you look yeah. at the historic level of the Tour, it's never been, you know, th- there's not that many 2004 Tour de France's where the victory is less than a minute. Hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, Sky looks insane. Like, y- you guys probably saw yesterday when uh, Padamo or whatever, the guy from IM's yep. won, which was pretty yep. sweet for them to get a win but Walt Poles did so much work God. in that lead group and he, he was just like no you, no one could attack it seemed like people wanted to but what were you going to do like any like a Rue put in a little dig Valverde put in a little dig and Poles just like paced them up like yeah. and then he led the group across the line after yeah. Zubeldia did a lot of work on the flat so you yeah. think that, like who's going to be the next guy to leave Team Sky to be the next Richie Port in 7th place oh I think <laughs> I think Poles is well, he's leaving, or he's going to get to lead a Grand Tour next year. What yeah. about Thomas? Like, where, where are they going to put no, the Welshman? He's not going anywhere. Like, you think Dude. that he'll always just play second fiddle at this point? Like, you don't think they'll give him a Grand Tour? Well, look at the pr- yeah. problem they got. They got Hano, right? Who's yeah, but been he doesn't doing speak amazing. English as well as Garrett Thomas, and I feel no, I know, like, but seriously, like, I think in, Team Sky I know, is like going to go on that. But I think, like, in terms of guys who are ready, like obviously Landa could lead but he's probably never gonna get his shit together because he's he's just gonna he's gonna waste nah, his time nah, nah, yeah Sky. landa landa got his big fat contract and he's good to go like, yeah because he doesn't need to train f- anymore <laughs> he, obviously he's not but they've got pulls and they've got remember tim they've got your german guy whatever the hell his name is koenig yeah remember when yeah. koenig was going to be the oh. next gc guy yeah, and where he is he? To, he's not even he's, on the team 
Maybe he's their Volta guy. Maybe they gave him the lead for the Volta because I haven't seen him all year. So I assume he's Leopold, in right? top secret. Leopold, yeah, Sky yeah. Training Lab somewhere. You think yeah. that that's like a uh, Bond villain, uh, like island out in the middle of the uh, like near yeah. Iceland? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It plugged, makes sense that Koenig would be there. The he sounds like right one. now, and <laughs> they'll unplug him and unleash him on the Volta. So, it, <sighs> but yeah, I mean, Movistar's tactics, man. This tour. I don't know that they have any. You know, what I mean? just don't know if they can do it. Like, I think that that's the bigger. I don't think that they like. Even if I think that they have a plan, I think the plan was for Valverde to attack like he did on um, at the Tourmalet or at um, Ventoux, right? He attacked, and then they brought him back, and it was supposed to set up the Nairo counter, and right. Nairo went, and there was nothing there. Like, I I think they have tactics, but they're just not. Fitness. Yeah. Well, you don't have the legs. You don't have the legs. That's the thing. Is like, there's tactics, and then there's like tried and true, and you know, like everybody knows you're gonna attack on the last climb of the day. Like, you gotta pull those seconds from somewhere else. Then you know, like, yeah, they so, need to figure out something new. Like, what? Froome attacked on the downhill. Froome split uh, the group in the last yeah. 10k in the wind, that's and like true. got seconds. Like, that's what Valverde was doing last year. And I haven't seen either any of that from either of the so team think, leaders of Movistar, and it's well, I think that's the that's the problem is Valverde. I think is reining it in a little, yeah, because he's yeah. working for Nairo, but he Nairo's never going to do that. Yeah, if, no, so, I think they do need to let him off the leash a little bit because so that would do. scare teams. Like, guy, I I expected Movistar to bring the fireworks, you know, and be the yeah, be the wild card like that they that was going to mess up the sky like Armada, and they just they haven't done anything you know it's i don't know but well, nobody the, else has either so the problem with movistar is like i guess here's the thing is that naira right now is still within three minutes last time at the tour he did put in that attack and what took a minute and a half out of firm that one day mm-hmm. whatever the question is is if valverde was doing his classic valverde junk in that first week maybe got some time bonuses here and there he would maybe be within like two minutes of Froome. But he wouldn't have the firepower in that last week that Nairo can. Because the thing with Nairo is Nairo can still launch attacks that can crush it. And I don't think Valverde can in the way that Quintana has proven. I mean, he is a Grand Tour winner. Like, we can't totally discount what Nairo has done in his career. Won the white jersey, won the Giro. This guy has got it. So maybe it's just not his year. You know whose year it is? Adam Yates with the inhaler of his brother. Possibly. I was going to say Malema and also Alaphilippe. Those two guys, yeah. both yeah. of them have good, been just crushing had it. had a good ride. Alaphilippe, had a good ride the other day. never even heard of him until this uh, tour. And well, today... I talked about him a lot last year at his wonderful tour of California where he battled for second place, uh, to second place with Peter Sagan until the last day. You may remember this if you listen to our podcast. Eh, try not to. Yeah. So, yeah, he he. I did see the photograph where like he was sixty. He had the fastest time down the mountain the other day, like sixty-one miles an hour. Miles an hour. No wonder yeah. he ate shit. I get speed wobbles. I get speed wobbles at thirty-six. Yeah. Like, if I go thirty-six miles an hour, I start freaking out. Breaks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, it was unbelievable. Yeah, and and what I'm most excited for is his crazy attacks and his like. 
no holds barred like Frenchness that he's bringing to this race. Like he's ten minutes down or whatever he is. And he's like, I'm gonna get a few more seconds and goes for it, you know, and goes sixty well, miles an hour today, down the descent. Could he be the next Tommy Volkler? Is he the next coming? No, he's gonna ah, be better. He's too than, good to be the be, next yeah, Tommy Volkler. Yeah. <laughs> so, did you see today though? Like today's stage, he was off the front with uh, Tony Martin for what seventy or like you know yeah. forty miles with seventy yeah, k to go. That's a weird move. Um, yeah. And that they totally just wasted the entire because like Kittle got dropped. It was kind of weird. It was um, weird. It was like they had a plan, and then yeah, but nobody like, else uh, knew what their plan was. <laughs> yeah. So, oh man, you know today was a weird day because uh, Pure Roland was in sixteenth place, and then he dropped out of sixteenth place today. Sixteenth place is now Garrett Thomas. Um, but and, the bigger story: TJ Van Garter and losing time to Richie Port. 20 seconds down in 8th place. TJ Van Garderen, um, still the, the American hope, in 8th place, 447 down. Richie Port does look like the cream of the crop of the BMC team. He's going to, like, you guys thought TJ cracked the other day and last time. Port is going to blow and lose, like, 15 minutes in this coming week at some point. He always does. going to happen. Top place Frenchman, Romain Bardet. Um <laughs> Is he related to Tom Bardet from uh, Motel 6? Uh, they leave the light on for you over there. Yeah. So uh, nice. He's sitting in uh, Romain Bardet, <laughs> sitting in sixth place overall. Astana, yeah. a little uh, disaster in the Astana front with Fabian Aru barely holding on to 10th place over Roman Kreisinger. Um, you know what's more of a disaster? Is that it hasn't been a disaster with that team. Like, we were supposed to get all this fireworks, yeah. all this, like, they hate each other. Oh, there's all this interpersonal shit. And then yeah. you watch the race, and Nibali's, like, working for Aru, yeah. just like he's supposed to. And you're like, oh, no, all that was bullshit. We didn't get any of the drama we were supposed yeah, to get. He's been, he's been the faithful teammate when he's not yeah. anywhere near the, the lead of the race, which is and then, awesome. Yeah. Well, and you can tell that because the second-place Astana guy is that Estonian, uh, Tenel Kangert. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, he, um, the other day it was a really hot ride. Here in Orlando, as you can imagine, it was like riding in a sauna. Sounds okay. um, awesome. And yeah. uh, really hot and sweaty and nasty. Mm. So hot and yeah. bothered. Tell us so more. I, okay. I had to go full schleck. Oof. Oh, nice. When was the last time you guys went full schleck? And just unzipped uh, that jersey in all its glory. Well, I, it's I, been a while. Uh, I been that hot here. I don't remember the last time I went full schleck, but I know... Luke Warm went full schleck uh, at a road race recently. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did it help him out? There might be some Instagram video of that out there, so don't go searching for that. Yeah, just hashtag <laughs> lukewarm full schleck. So full schleck is uh, definitely a fashion statement down here in Orlando in July and August. When it gets hot, those yep. full zip jerseys go all the way, and that's, uh, that, that's where we're at. Um, little guy. Yeah, have you uh, you know been doing any uh, riding? Because you've been seeing the tour. Are you on your uh, your pro form uh, bike that you bought for on the that one eight hundred number and like hitting the uh, <laughs> hitting the incline button when it goes up the mountains. Yeah, I've been hitting the incline button hard, super hard. Nice. Yeah, sure, all the time on the incline button. Peter so you're Sagan, getting, you're raising the watts up. You're getting ready to race. Like, what's going on? I'm getting ready to race. I've uh, 
I just emailed USA Cycling today for a new password to get into my USA Cycling account because I forgot my password. And <laughs> so I couldn't to... renew my license. So, um, so I'm going to renew my license. I'm My plan is right now, there's uh, a couple crits in the city this coming weekend. Ooh. I'm going to race. My bike is not together. I need to glue a tubular, but I plan on racing. Did uh, Spencer and I create your login for USA Cycling? We've created your login to several things, um, like your Twitter account, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Instagram account I, that you don't know I don't exists. know anymore. Um, oh, sweet. I got an Instagram? Good. I've been meaning to tell people I have an Instagram. Um, <laughs> um, no, you didn't. I created it all by myself. Okay. That's, why, that's why I don't remember how to get into it. <laughs> well... I mean, well, we can't help you with that. Yeah. So, but I'm. Uh, you guys both have licenses, right? I do. I, I took I mine out. Have. I have a new team down here in Orlando. Really? What's your team? Yeah. Um, I think it's Orlando Velo. It's like my. <laughs> you my think? It's the dudes up at the Winter Park Cycles. I don't know if it's Orlando Velo Club or Orlando uh, Cycling Club. So I think it's Orlando. Out, Velo. You've been filling out the entry form correctly. Though. Well, I haven't done any races yet, so you uh, know. Um, oh, I see how that. That's kind of how it is. Yeah. Okay, you guys on effect for that? Oh, oh. wait. I think oh, someone's some... at the door. Is someone at the door? Maybe yeah. they'll maybe they're delivering a prem lap. It's probably Usada. Oh shit, Tim. It's... Hide your cat. No, it's Usada, guys. Oh shit. Uh... Alright. That's disturbing. <laughs> Nice. Anyways, I hey, like I think it's time for a preem lap. Oh, oh. <laughs> All right. The fanciest sound effect we have. I am Jake Wells. Listen to the Slow Ride Podcast. The real sound effect that we have. And once again, the Slow Ride podcast is brought to us by Michelin Bicycle Tires. Michelin Bicycle Tires, you can find them at your local bike shop. Go in there, ask them. They have their new power tires with the four new models. It's basically got stronger sidewalls than ever before, less wear, and less time wasting, uh, wasting less time fixing your flat tires. Pretty much yeah. nailed it. Which is I a think. good thing. Yeah, I you nailed you, it. I think yeah. you nailed it. Yeah. Facebook, What's their mascot's Michelin, name again? Michelin Bike USA on Twitter, Instagram Michelin USA. Also, you can look at YouTube videos, Michelin Bike, or just Google search Babendium Bike Tires. There you go. And then you Babendium. know where to go. Bike Tires. Yeah, so Michelin Power Line, uh, all the road bike tires you can need for whatever you're looking for. Power Protection Plus, that's kind of like uh, the super tire for all your gravel gravel grinded needs your limestone path needs your maybe off-road adventures but not too off-road but you know when you're getting a little loose on the road bike in the woods it's a fun time you're gonna want that power protection plus uh, which is actually offered only in the u.s so that's kind of rad because europeans don't get nearly as gnarly as we do so they don't have gravel roads over there i guess well they don't need the, p- the power that we need well they're too pretty for gravel roads. Did I talk yeah, last, last time about my love toughy. for Michelin bike tires? Probably, but uh, when the fashion, worked. the fashion statement that Michelin bike tires could make because they always have the nice color options. Because they have the they good do. color options, they do yeah. allow you to customize it to your bike setup, and that is always 
a nice plus. It is they nice. Have the they options. have it's a it's a pretty awesome uh, feature because you know I think people forget about you know cycling is not really about going fast. It's not about um, having fun. It's all just about looking good and showing off your coordination. That's true. And Michelin Bicycle Tires is the partner to the Slow Ride Podcast for looking good because we sure as heck aren't racing good. Mm. <laughs> well, you don't need to be racing. You just need to be looking good. You need yeah. to be riding good, and you don't want flat tires. And you, yeah, you don't want flat tires. So stop into your local bike shop today and ask about Michelin bike tires and tubes exclusively available through quality bike products. And man, tweet at them, Instagram at them. Tell them you heard about it here because even if you're if you're not going to buy tires, that's fine. Maybe you just picked up your Michelin tires last week, and, and you can't you know go into your bike shop and buy more because you know you don't have the budget. Man, let them know you heard about it here. Like. It would be a huge help for us because maybe they'll do it again, you know? Yeah. And uh, we'd also like to – so once again, thanks for Michelin Bicycle Tires. And we'd like to thank all of the supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network, wideanglepodium.com, to find out more. The easy way to explain it, it's like NPR, but for bike podcasts and cyclocross um, superstar Bill Shokin has put out the <laughs> <laughs> nice. CX Hairs podcast – with a bonus episode. So yeah. it's only available to Whoa. those that are supporters of the Wide Angle yeah. Podium Network. It's you know, the second I, bonus episode we have. It is. We have a bonus episode <laughs> up there. I've listened to both of them. They're both great. Tim, have you listened to uh, the bonus episode yet from Crosshairs? I'm a little afraid to, but I do know it's an interview of him. I listened to his yeah. most recent interview with Wait, the... Wait, did he uh, interview himself? No. No, no. One, of his, uh, one of his uh, uh, guests interviewed him. He had a guest. He t- little guy needs to subscribe if he wants to hear All this right. content. Because uh, he is yeah, the only one of us confused. that isn't signed up yet. And, uh, it's been it was nice to hear the interview that uh, CX Hairs uh, had that Bill had with the uh, founder of Dugast Tire or the owner of Dugast Tires. Yeah, oh, that nice. was pretty cool um, from cool. his travels over in Europe. So, yeah. and then also Wide Angle Podium Network, you've got Honest Bicycle Program, the Meyerson Line, and um, Kids Don't Follow Music yep. Podcast, which I just bought tickets, guys, to a beach slang show that's coming here in Orlando. Based solely off the recommendation of the Kids Don't Follow podcast. So nice. Good news. Go. And yeah, so that's that's all the stuff that Wide Angle Podium brings you every week. It's why you should support if you can. If you can't, that's fine. We understand. Not everybody's made of money. Not everybody's made of five dollars a month. Whatever. It's fine. Whatever your excuse is. Uh, if you can't, hey, tell a friend. Retweet, you know, the show. Like let let people know about the show because we like getting more listeners and we don't actually do any advertising for this show we don't pay to to have it out there so word of mouth is the only the only way that this show gets out to more people so if you want to support us that way we'd really appreciate that too so definitely so i got a um we did get a nice email from a supporter of the podcast tim uh emails and says hey guys since signing up for the uh to support the wide angle podium it feels like i'm taking a pull and not just wheel sucking welcome to the club because the only way we're <laughs> taking a pull is by supporting the wide angle podium network because none of us are ever on the front That's of true. any bike ride the podcast is more enjoyable with this sense of righteousness now he was a little disappointed in that we were only talking about european racing and race running and all of that jargon but we refuse to acknowledge mm-hmm. the 
Dave Zabriskie's whereabouts and the question of lefty forks and not mention the crusher in the tusher gravel road race out in Utah that he participated in. And he's from Indiana. He went all the way out there. He wrote this great report. And he wanted to point out that he was at one point riding in the race with the um, one of the women's leaders who was rocking a lefty-equipped cross bike with disc brakes. I don't even know what to do about that. I'm so conflicted. Okay. And uh, she completely uh, crushed it, and she didn't lean left the whole time like you got, that you were like worried about last time, little guy, when we talked about. She mm-hmm. even That's knew fair. how to uh, uh, turn right. Um, quite well what? and he was talking about the awesome event but what really got it away from me was when he mentioned that Dave Zabriskie not only did he race he finished in 16th place a commanding <laughs> performance of a yeah. world renowned yellow jersey wearer at one time to get 16th place in a gravel grinder one of the largest gravel grinders in the country with over 10,000 feet of elevation gain um, in a mountaintop finish I, the more I hear about this race, and I've heard about it before, and listening to uh, and reading Tim's uh, report, guys, mm-hmm. this may be a uh, slow ride podcast roadshow where we all Oof. go sign up for this one. It's right. It just happened. It's like hot. the heat of summer. I mean, yeah. you've got the hot heat of summer. Dave Zabriskie, Jake Wells, Todd Wells, Jamie Driscoll, mm-hmm. tons of U.S. cycling royalty the, there. The brothers Wells. Yeah, he was mentioning that. When the climb started, they all sped up and didn't slow down like he did. Do you guys, and he found that a little weird. Do you guys know that, that um, Jake Wells and I are birthday twins? That's scary. I think I've heard you tell me that before. Yeah, yeah. Jake Wells is yeah. a nice guy. And Todd yeah. Wells once signed my messenger bag. So, you know, the brothers Wells seem That's, like good people. It's pretty cool. Good, good guys. Good family. <laughs> so um, in Tim's oh, email, man. he talks about that it took him seven minutes to fix a flat tire. So he felt that... You know, he was 22 minutes behind Dave Zabriskie for 16th place mm-hmm. instead of the 29 minutes that the results showed. So he was counting the flat tire change of seven minutes. A question for you. What is an acceptable amount of time to change a flat tire on a group ride? And then I mean, does it depend on the tire? So Yeah, I would, it's very tire dependent. I would say that a five-minute tire change is a little bit long. But I would say that within five minutes, you should have a tire changed if you're out on your like local training ride, group ride. What do you guys think? It's, it's, I think it, you know, it matters. I have one wheel that is, whatever it is, it's like a little bigger than every other wheel. <laughs> and it's, it's the worst. To get a flat on that is, is worse than almost anything. Like, I've literally at times been about to use that wheel to go to work and been like, no. Because I, I will ruin my day if I have to change a flat on it. Nice. Well, uh, Tim, to answer your question, it usually takes me about, I would say, 25 seconds is pretty long, but my mechanic <laughs> in the uh, car behind is usually pretty good. Um, hmm. You know, if, maybe if I forget to signal, you know, front or rear, he has to do a little more thinking about, you know, uh, what it could be, but usually pretty good. We're out under around 20 seconds or so. Now, how do you, like, when you're on your commutes and um, mm-hmm. you have that flat tire, mm-hmm. is he always prepared for if you've got your disc brake bike or if you've got your rim brake bike? Like, how does he prepare for that, or does he always have that with him on his um, moped? Uh, he's got options for everything, yeah. Uh, he's pretty well prepared. I pay him well, so, you know, he comes prepared. Uh, nice. I'm, I'm almost never riding the uh, disc brake bike, though, but he always brings one anyway. 
Um, little guy, in your case, I know you're talking about different size wheels and tires, and you know you're like bringing out the uh, the old. Uh, book that every mechanic has that has the rim diameter so you make sure you have the right Schwinn tire <laughs> uh-huh. um, in your other situations are you when when you're fixing a flat have you ever had to uh, bust out that thread that you also are using to uh, get your uh, Klein derailleur cable to re-sew the tire as well like have you ever had to re-sew a tire uh, never, on the side of the road no I've never had to sew on the entire road though I did um I didn't tell you guys this last, like a week ago. A week ago today, I flatted a tubular. Hmm, First really? time I've ever flatted a tubular out on a ride. Um, so I had to change and actually put on my spare tubular and ride it home. I had like, um, Wait, like a 35 you... mile to ride home on uh, on the spare tubular, hoping you... I wouldn't roll it off. And it you worked. You had a spare tubular with you. Yeah. Well, who, That's pretty uh, good. Who rides tubulars without a spare tubular? Well, Crazy I people. Mean... I'm just saying, I did that. Yeah, all the time. you just I just got one rolled under the seat. Yeah, huh. you do, you ride. Right. Wait, you're ri- you're rocking around on tubulars without a spare tubular. Yeah, but I'm just commuting to work, so it's not like a big deal. Uh, it's yeah, like but how long's miles. your commute? Ten you're miles. Walk the ten long miles. Way. Six you're miles. Walk ten way. miles. We have a subway here. <laughs> um, you really want to clippity clop into the subway? Yeah, mm. it's fine. It's a cross bike, you know, so it's not so bad. No. But. What's funny about that, actually, they bring it up. I was commuting on the tubulars all spring, and uh, I was I was kind of worried I would flat, but I'll you know whatever. Didn't want to yeah. change my wheels. That seemed like a lot of work. Um, it's way too much work. <laughs> yeah, but I actually broke a spoke on the rear wheel before I flatted a tire, so I still had to change the wheels. <laughs> so little guy, but you didn't have to change a tire on the road. Yeah, at least. but I'm yeah. still gonna have to pull it off, which is <laughs> yeah, pretty much an ironic joke. Yeah. yeah, that's true. So so what, Timmy? When you had to change your tire, little guy, did you uh, did you wrap the old tire around your shoulders, like a figure, <laughs> like the affinity symbol, like a figure eight? Uh, no, I mean, I just I just put it under the seat where the other one had been. And you didn't have like any tubular glue or tape with you to uh, no. assist. No, you you gotta you gotta do just... it right, man. The tire you carry is a spare. You put a thin layer of glue on that at one point. Yeah. And so when you pull off the old tire, hopefully there's enough glue on there that the two, when you pump it up, they'll get a little bit of a bond. Anyway, the the air keeps, like the pressure keeps most the tire on for the most part anyway. So if you can pump it And that it reduces enough, any need for, uh, for uh, r- r- rolling the tire. Amazing. Hmm. Amazing. Right. Well, so... Guys, we did get a, um, a two reviews this week um, after Better the... Better than uh, 3.5 you know, stars? The, well, we got a five-star review. Um, all it says is it's a one-word review where in the body of the review it says SRAM. That's it. Um, the title <laughs> is The Slow Ride is Greater Than White Cycling Socks. And the reviewer's name is 8008Z. Nice. Okay. Or could be read boobs. Um, so we'd like to thank you for that. And um, <laughs> and we got a uh, another one called There Was Something Missing from This Podcast, But Not Anymore. They added a soundboard. What used to be a three-star <laughs> podcast is now a five-stars due to the production value added by a totally awesome soundboard. They talk about bike racing, too, which is pretty cool. Did you do that review? And uh, we'd really like to thank 
No, that was from Paul's <laughs> cat is a real sob. Um, we now have yeah, ninety nine reviews on the podcast. I'd like to thank Paul's cat um, for that awesome uh, review talking about our awesome soundboard. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think he's totally correct. This uh, this is an amazing um, introduction to the uh, to into the. Uh, well, and it was, you know, a pretty heavy investment there on your end, I think, Oh, right? yeah. Like, I mean, you just have to wait and watch the ads every time you want to push a button. But, you know, yeah. <laughs> some would say we knocked it out of the park. Um, others would say that we're bowling strikes. You know, things are looking pretty good. But I like to think of it more of a knockout. So, anyways, there we are. Those are the reviews. Now... <laughs> nice. Some people are going to want to ask us about um, the drama that's been happening at the downhill mountain – at the mountain bike national championships that were held this past weekend. Apparently yeah. the downhill uh, – there's some issues with the downhill racing. I don't know much about it. All we have is that one tweet um, where a friend of the podcast totally lit it up on fire. What is what what is the, what's the tweet? Tell me. Uh, Amanda Maddie uh, let loose on on the Facebooks with some some scorching uh, reviews of of the event and USA Cycling in general and how they're ruining downhill. And yeah, I mean, I gotta plead ignorance. I don't know anything about the history of downhill or how it's Dude. it's gone up or down or or the bumpy road it's on. But up well, or down, always, well done. It's been well it's done always been there. going down. Yeah. It's definitely well, going to they down. make it's them more pedal? like Enduro. Enduro goes up or and something? down. Downhill just goes down. So. Yeah. So, yeah, did they, like, change the course, make them, like, have to pedal or, like, use, use chains? Do they have to use chains now? Well, I think you always have had, like, not had to have used chain, but it will probably help you get down the hill faster. Oh, I, th- I thought you didn't use chains. That's all I know about downhill. I mean, it's it sounds like from the situation that, that has happened is that they're, you know— Downhill don't really need to do the drug component, you know. Like there, there seems to be a lot of um, build here. And then Amanda I'm, Batty, I'm, I'm seeing a headline here. Breaking news. That's my soundboard. Um, Cam oh, Zink yeah. and Luca Shaw fined twenty dollars each by USA Cycling for peeing in the woods at the national championships. Are those downhillers? <laughs> yes. So, so that's interesting. Twenty now, bucks. I don't even think this Amanda Batty like tweet awesome. and Facebook post that she put up is really even a hot take because she participates and slays it. So it couldn't really be a hot take. It's more of like a, in a an experience. Um, she basically says this is an entire week has been a case study in the indifference and apathy that USA Cycling has towards downhill racing and the athletes who participate in it. From the heavy-handed fines given to only downhill athletes to fines and sanctions handed down to athletes doing the job of course marshal and bike patrol usa cycling seems hell-bent on quashing any interest or participation in downhill not to mention the additional licensure costs this season to fund an anti-doping program that downhillers don't utilize and a useless insurance program that refuses to pay out injured athletes usa cycling i'll say this once get your shit together downhill has had enough of your immature antics and petty grudges we want a federation that has an eye on creating a sustainable future for all disciplines of cycling, not one who extorts money from athletes with zero benefit. And I would think that this has a lot to do – well, I don't know what it has a lot to do with, 
But case in point is that there's no downhill in the Olympics. So there's like this whole idea that, you know, they're taking all this funding, but then there's no funding going back into the downhill is my guess. Whereas it's being spent on, you know, the marquee events, something similar. You see track athletes kind of compare, complain about, um, but you know, it's a, I don't know much about downhill. I live in Florida, the flattest state ever. There is not a downhill course here. So, um, what do you, what do you guys think? I don't know anything about it either. I also don't know anything about the specifics of how USA Cycling is like involved with downhill now. So I think well, a lot of people were probably a little confused by this uh, post. Maybe maybe we should try to get the old Presidente back on to explain to us what the hell's going on. Oh, he's gonna, here we go. <clears throat> Mr. Bouchard Hall, what's the deal? Well, guys. I don't know anything. Well, let me tell you. You can't pee on the course we're gonna find you it's terrible like that's a dumb thing to do you really shouldn't pee on the course at the top of the mountain too because it all goes downhill where people are racing (laughs) ruins the course yeah i mean what who the peeing thing like maybe they were just peeing in front of somebody you know like don't pee on the course i mean i think that that's like the uh, anyways i don't know i I need no more do it all the time Everybody does it all the time. Sometimes you get caught, I guess. I don't know. They... Well, if you're the Eric's team, you, like, pee at the top of a hill so everybody can see it. But hmm. Okay. I'm just throwing stones at the Eric's team. All right. So next up, Velo Games, Olympia, with the team Shut Up Liver, is in 16th place in our world-famous Slow Ride podcast presented by Luke Warm League. Once again, MSU Spartan Cycling, which we had two people email us to let us know that <laughs> Michigan State is not in Ann Arbor. And I'm like, I apologize. They're correct. Michigan State is actually in Kalamazoo. Once again, Michigan State University is in Kalamazoo. Great people there. Um, and MSU Spartan Cycling, going down a little bit, Stefan, you are now ranked 150th overall, but you are in first place in our league. Congratulations on that. Which um, is going to set him up nicely for the third week, trying to win that uh, Grand Fondo New York prize pack that we've yeah, got. That's right. Yeah. Once again, Grand Fondo New York giving the support that we that we love to see from our, um, our sponsors of the podcast. So once again, Stefan, MSU Cycling, you have about a 200-point gap over Velo Steve. Last not that pl- much. Yeah, and I think this is the only other update that we need to make is uh, – in last place is uh, very far away. So congratulations <laughs> to Slowpoke for way down there in last place with uh, Contador, Zacharin, Landa, and Nibali. So, yeah, that's kind of wow. a... Wow. Uh, a... it, it looked good on paper before the it, race started. It, it did still look, looks good on paper. It but... did look good on paper. You know... A lot, quite a few teams have Izagir on their team, and I don't know which Izagir they are because Gorka is currently placed in 68th overall, and his brother Eon is placed 72nd overall, and they're separated by about a minute and a half. Wow! So it's a Izagir real real competition that's hotting up. Yeah, it's a it's a good one. So. As far as our internal competition, I am currently in the lead, um, looking good with a lot of results to happen. Uh, Michael uh-huh. Matthews got me uh-huh. over. Little guy yeah. in a distant third place, and Spencer yeah, about halfway in the middle in second. Uh, something seems a little off with that, your math, maybe. 
Um, we should also give a shout out to uh, <laughs> my favorite team name, so currently so sitting future. in uh, eighth place over there overall. And that's Alex Kinney with Bell Biv Devolder. So that's, pretty that's, great. A really good that's probably yeah. the top placed name that we've gotten so far um, out of the ones that we've liked to uh, have given shout outs to. Yeah. Wow. There's that's a lot of good favorite. ones. There's almost too many good ones to go through them all because there are a lot of good ones. So, all right. And then, uh, Spencer, I have another uh, question for you, unless you guys want to talk about um, other things. Okay. What do you got? All right. So you mentioned earlier limestone paths. Mm-hmm. Um, you have some limestone paths, kind of, or gravel paths around your house. Uh, yeah. Are you a fan of these, or are you more of a fan of, like, the nice uh, um, asphalt path that we see around uh you know, most metropolitan areas or are, are you like, do you like to do it for your gravel grind in training? Uh, I actually, I kind of like the, uh, the limestone paths. You know, we have a little mix of both on my, uh, my commute to work here. That's mostly paths. Um, yeah. Start on the gravel, start on the limestone. It's, it's gravel light. I, I almost hesitate to call it gravel because being from the Midwest, I know what, what gravel should actually be. It's kind of rocks, you know, this is, this is like, a step above sand. So you don't get, like, street cred riding? Because, like... No, not really. But, uh, you know, it is fun to ride fast on it. And when there are little bends in it, like, oh, I like to feel like I'm practicing for cyclocross or something. But I'm not really. Do but you ever hop it's... off your bike and, like, shoulder with, like, panniers? And then you, like, put it back down? No, but I probably should. Um, but, you know, it's it's pleasant enough to ride on the road bike. It's not a big deal. It's not like you're sliding around or, or you know, fearing for flats or anything like that. So, And it's, I mean, I imagine it's cheaper than paving a path. So what it's do you pretty think? nice. Are you a fan of these uh, lime rock, uh, um, limestone paths, little guy? Sure. They're good. See, I'm not. Um, Why my... are you not? <laughs> well, so the first time I ever rode my bike to Chicago from Minneapolis, I went to um, the Sparta Elroy Trail, and I was very yeah. excited to go on this trail through the bicycling capital of America, Sparta, Wisconsin. So they um, claim. So they claim. And it goes through a couple of these giant train tunnels. And then when yeah. I got there, I found out that it was like this lime rock path that kicked up this dust, and it made my shoes very dirty. Hmm. Wow, that That's, is the saddest thing I've ever heard. And then in my, my life. and then my, a, my hairy legs at the time because I wasn't shaving my legs at the time. Yeah, where it got a little hair. like dust, like a dust yeah. uh, film on them. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I think I think the trails are nice though. When I rode when I rode from Duluth back down to the cities uh, last year, year before, I rode on a trail, the Gandy Dancer, through Wisconsin as well, and the tr- limestone trail was a little wet, and I was sinking into it just enough on my road bike <laughs> that it was kind of miserable for a while. Um, I, you know, I was, I was noticing that I was losing daylight and I was trying to get out of the trail, get to where I was going quick. And I ended up having to just get out on the highway because I was, I was going like, it was like two gear choices slower yeah. on the, on the trail, like sinking into that stuff. So you didn't have the correct bike. Like you needed, no, a, I needed a gravel, like a gravel grinder. grinder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was unfortunately on a road bike. Best part of that trail, though, is at one point through some small town, it goes right by a pretty sweet junkyard that's like all jaguars and sobs. And that's so, pretty even sweet. even though it was raining, I stopped and pulled over and looked over the fence for a while. Imagined. You know, I I rode a gravel uh, path similar to that um, 
in Wisconsin as well, which is crazy. Um, I was on a a week long bike tour trip uh, when I was younger with the uh, with the uh, Boy Scout troop I was in. And uh, what I have yeah. never oh, heard about this. Wait, wait, wait. When wait, you were wait. in Boy Scouts, uh, you, you guys first. been on a bike tour? Look at you it was first. like twenty five miles a day. Um, you know, we did a little tour around uh, through all the different camps around through Wisconsin and ended up back uh, in the cities. Um, but, uh, yeah, one, one day it was similar. It rained like that. Uh, we were trying to get uh, – um, where were we past? We were going past Hincapie, Wisconsin, uh, on the way to the path. Uh, and um, I think and you're then, burying the lead here, Spencer. I'm not caring about gravel uh, paths anymore. Okay. Now, little guy, yeah. do you want to pick up this light of questioning, well, or shall I continue? I've got a few. For, I got a few to start with. I uh, mean, we're, we're getting pretty late you, in the podcast. This may be this, the last part. But how old were you? Is this when the hair was like super long? Did you have the flowing locks at this point? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I had the full uh, metalhead hair, so I was like okay. uh, fourteen. Um, please tell me you were all wearing little Boy Scout uniforms with the little with the no, little no, wee no, blow no. tie and no, stuff no, no. the whole time. Damn. Yeah. Okay. Okay, little guy. Uh, again, your line of questioning just isn't hitting the spot here. Spencer. Yeah. Were you an Eagle Scout? Uh, it wasn't. Well, it wasn't officially like. Were you trying uh, to be an Eagle Scout? No. No. Like, at what point did you decide that, you know, I'm no longer an Eagle Scout? Uh, probably when I was uh, about 35, 36. Okay. What merit badge? So I got a year left? Like. Like what kind of merit badges did you, were you uh, did you have? Um, I, I'd have to pull it out. I, honestly, I don't. I don't really remember. Whoa! Do you still own your merit badge like scarf thing? Is that what you? Where do you put the merit badges? Oh, it's like a sash. it's a sash. sash. Yeah. Dude, are they at your dad's house? Should I call yeah, your dad? They're probably oh, in the garage. Yeah, Little guy, you need out. to go get this. But I, did, uh, I got a gravel grinding patch. I got. Um, <laughs> I got the uh, apple tester patch from uh, the orchards we went by. I got. Um, Did you get a flat uh, tire changing patch? Yep, a f- flat tire changing patch. If if you you know there were more than one flat, but if you got one, you'd get the patch. So that was cool. Um, Resewing a tubular we got patch. The, uh, up before sunrise patch. There are a lot of them. Yeah. Did you sell cookies? No, no. Uh, that's I think that's Girl Scouts. That's for girls. What? Man. A, what? A, what? A, oh, Boy Scouts sell wreaths, right? Like, don't you sell like holiday wreaths? Yeah, and like guns and like well, porno mags and stuff. <laughs> Man yeah, stuff. so well, this wasn't official. This was this was more of a you know. Did you know. have a subs- like a project? Did you have a subscription to Scouts Life magazine? Well, I still do. That's a magazine. Holy shit! I got Yeah, it's where you buy your out. X-ray glasses in the back. Scouts Life. Googling now. Wait, Spencer, did were you really in the Boy Scouts? I don't think he was. I think he's. Oh man, my night was totally ruined. Sarah right now is sitting here going, Spencer was in the Boy Scouts. All right, with that. Tim, were you in the Boy Scouts? I was in the Boy Scouts for one year. I was not in the Boy Scouts. Thank God. I won. I won the Pinewood Derby, motherfuckers. Oh, we should. We should do a Pinewood it. Derby. Of uh, we. We should. Oh. Oh, uh, bring it! I still got my car. Oh, you guys. You guys bell. think? Time to leave. We'd like to thank everybody for listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. Most of all. We'd like to thank all of the Boy Scouts of America out there that are going to now show up to Spencer to Luke Warm's next bike race and uh-huh. show him a nice, clean set of wheels. I got a clean wheels uh, patch, actually, as well. But oh, not nice. from riding on the Lime wait, Rock patch. Wait, wait, wait. No, I've ridden bikes with you. You've never <laughs> had clean wheels. There's no way you got that patch. You cheated. Yeah. 
<laughs> and with that, we'd like to remind you, always, always, always wave at your fellow cyclists you see out there on the road. Come on. Humanize this thing. Yeah, Say hi could be to a these voice people. Scout. I was on a ride the other day when I was going full Schleck. I was busting out the full two-hand wave because there was too many people in my group ride that I was on refusing to wave to anyone. And it's like, come on. Yeah. Let's go full two-hand wave. It's okay. And everyone was like, man, some hairy dude who couldn't zip up his jersey kept waving at me. <laughs> hey, they all waved back. Yeah. And then uh, and I'm a big fan of the wave that you just keep waving until they wave back at you. Um, the only like caveat where you don't have to wave to everybody apparently is the West Side Highway Trail in Manhattan for friend of the podcast, Derek Lewis. Ah, I still don't believe it. We still yeah. have to put that to yeah, and, uh, I don't think that's true. We'd like to thank BK1 of Rhymesters Entertainment for his intro and outro theme music. And most of all, we'd like to thank the supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network at WideAnglePodium.com and mm-hmm. Michelin Bicycle Tires USA. Let them know you heard about it from here. And with that, we would like to say see you later. Get off the road. Get your patch. Get out of here, Lance. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. Self-destruct sequence activated.